on NRL teams. It's a 6-0 start for the Panthers and the good news keeps coming with two stars on the cusp of a return. Those individuals there were uh, learning on others. Ricky threatened changes after the loss to the Eels and there are some big name casualties. There's more injury concerns for the tricolours, so how do the Roosters line up on one of the special days on the NRL calendar? And it is a big night at the NRL judiciary. The Rabbitohs get bowled at the selection table with Latrell sidelines. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Nee Bowens and it is awesome to have you with us this week alongside our New South Wales and Aussie representatives, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrah. Good to see you both. Hello, Neve. How are you going? Are I'm you? very well, thank you. Robbie, you ditched us last week. I did. It's nice Sorry. to see you back. <laughs> it's, how good, the, it's good to be back. How was the jaunt down in Tassie? I was good. I would have rather been here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. No, we had, Make we had, it believable. It was, it, was, uh, it was good fun. <laughs> Tassie is such a beautiful place, actually, and... Uh, yeah, I love it down there. So I was, I was there for work, but pretty fun line of work. Yeah. Pretty fun line of work. <laughs> Not a bad couple of days of events and experiences for work. Please, <laughs> you'd played similar golf courses as well, so I don't think you should yeah. get on your high horse. I play golf today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the corporate day, haven't been exactly, yeah. networking. Yeah. Well, look, we're delighted that you could fit us in. Thank you so much for yeah. coming. Um, I'm going to make you uh, take whatever it was that Louis predicted for round six, Robbie. That's going to okay. be on you now. So let's have a look back and see what both of the boys predicted for the round six action. I'm going to say the two best fullbacks coming up have an absolute blind up, but I'm going to say Puppenhausen just to outplay the world's best number one. Puppenhausen, he's over to score. Penrith to raise the bat and score a half century. Penrith getting the win by eight. The Panthers 20, defeating the Broncos 12. <laughs> Well, nothing's really changed. Because <laughs> right. you didn't tip that. that that's, that's the geniusness of Luke Lewis. I rang him before. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah, and I, said, I said, Louis, I said, Pappenhausen's going to play <laughs> Tedesco this week. I hope so, you checked uh, back in with yeah, him today yeah. because he's <laughs> yeah. done better than you guys have in the opening half a yes. dozen rounds, that is for sure. And that number one prediction from Luke Lewis was bang on. And I have a feeling we're going to see that play out in your three, two, and ones from round six. Noddy, how did you go? Minor one was uh, Tavita Pangot Jr. Getting the <laughs> chance to play uh, in the back row, traditionally a middle forward. Uh, got me in the match in that close loss to Penrith. Two points, Mitchell Moses. I thought, you know, it was a wonderful performance against the Canberra Raiders and I thought he was all across the puck. That's the best I think I've seen him play. And the three points goes to Tom Travojevic. We, we did muck around last week. You can't just throw Tom the ball. You know what? You can. Literally, you can just throw it on the ball. And to, to be out for so long and to come back and think, oh, my hamstrings, I can't go full pelt. And the, the performance in Mudgee was first class. It was phenomenal. Now, you usually disagree with Noddy. Have you got anything in common this week? We got something in common, but all three of mine were actually fullbacks. So I thought the fullbacks on the weekend were outstanding. RTS got my one point and Ponga got my two. And I thought both of them, not only uh, for what they produced in terms of tries and line breaks, tries, assists, but their leadership. Um, yeah, their teams needed them. They got them over the line. Ponga was, was crook. He had a, a virus, a stomach bug. You could see he was physically ill on the field, but yeah, he produced when his side needed it. Same with RT, uh, RTS. And my three points was, was Tommy Turbo. For him to come back after such a long layoff and just be back in that, that form that we know yeah, he can play, it, it was back to his best. Uh, yeah, did, uh, generally, when you get a player out for a, uh, a certain period of time, it takes you time to get back to your best. You know, you might be a bit rusty to start, but 
Yeah, he just hit the ground running and didn't they need it? It's also not what Tom did himself individually because that was pretty special. Some line breaks, some tries, bits and pieces. There is no way Manly beat the Titans 38-0 without the, the awe of having Tom back in the side. The confidence that he must bring sets the defensive line, gives them more positive thoughts, and all of a sudden they, they won 13-12 the yeah. week before. It wasn't impressive, but they found a way to win. That performance is like, oh, my God, our saviour's back. Let's play on the back of him. Well, we've spoken as well about the impact not only he has in attack, but also in defence. And yeah, Manly's defence has been terrible at yeah. times in the last 12 months. And he comes back, the whole team scoreless. So yeah. it goes to, show you, goes to show you the organisation that he does at the back as well. Because we saw what the Titans can do in terms of attack the previous week yeah. against the Knights and then kept to zip. Before the teams start to drop, let's have a look at the 3-2-1 leaderboard after six rounds to start the season. Because that man that you mentioned, despite only featuring once... I feel like this is the joys of the NRL team's leaderboard. Tommy Turbo is there in second position and five of the top six are fullbacks. So, yeah. is this the best fullback stocks we have ever seen in our game, Noddy? It's pretty good, isn't it? It, it, it shows you there, the, the guys, the five out of the top six are fullbacks. They're ball playing and and ball playing super fast. Mm. You know, you think about that. Like The, the six-to-go rule has really helped these guys. Defence going backwards, athleticism, pace, um, and as you said, good crop of fullbacks. Uh, it, it, most teams want to find that nine, seven, six, and one, and it seems like the one is the most important position at the moment. And absolutely flying, and we'll be looking to do more of that from our fullbacks right across the competition in Anzac Round, right across the course of Anzac Weekend. We would love to hear from you what your favourite Anzac footy moments are. Head to the NRL.com Facebook page, share your favourite Anzac Day footy moments from over the course of the history of these clashes. And we have a big box of NRL trading cards to give away. I'm keeping them out of the clutches of these two guys today. We don't have any here on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> but we would love to hear what your favourite Anzac moments are so that we can send you a box of those trading cards. You can also head to Ampol and Caltech service stations to get your trading cards as well. All right, it is four o'clock and that means the teams have dropped and we can head to Thursday night footy to begin with, with the Panthers taking on the Knights at Blue Bet Stadium for the home side. No changes to the 17 for Ivan Cleary's side at this stage. Paul Momorowski is fighting a grade two dangerous contact charge at the NRL Judiciary on Tuesday night but a couple of interesting inclusions on the extended bench. Pushing for an early return, hooker Appy Corusau is in jersey 20 and fullback Dylan Edwards has been named in jersey 21. Jamin Salmon has dropped out of the 21 and Scott Sorensen is 18th man. For the visitors, for the Knights, there's no Heimel Hunt. He'll miss with a hamstring injury, so Stafford Toa returns and Braden Musgrove shifts to the other wing. Kalen Ponga and Connor Watson, who, as you mentioned, Robbie, were both struggling last weekend. They have been named after that win over the Sharks. There's no other changes to the 17. Phoenix, Phoenix Crossland is on an extended bench as he makes his way back from a knee complaint. Looking at that Panthers side to begin with, with both Dylan Edwards and Appy Corusau named in the 21, can you see Robbie Ivan Cleary rushing them back into the starting side? Will one of them play this weekend? I think definitely with Dylan Edwards, if he's right to go. Momorowski's going to the judiciary. I can't see him really getting off, I don't think. So if he does miss a couple of weeks, you've got the luxury of moving Stephen Crichton back to his preferred position in the centres and Dylan Edwards, Dylan Edwards will come straight back into the side. So um, I, I can definitely see uh, yeah, that happening. But you want to make sure that they're 100%. I don't think they'll be rushing them back in unless they are ready to go. It is a long season. Yeah, they're flying at the moment. They're undefeated. So there isn't a, a need or an urgency to bring them back unless they are 100% right to go.
So interesting watching this Panthers side play at the moment, playing such great attacking football, also playing with real personality, with real swagger. How do you think they're going, Noddy, treading that fine line at the moment? Well, they've, well I think well, they've lost one game over the last 23 or 24 matches. It's pretty impressive. They're all young kids. They've all grown up together. They're out there at Penrith. They're away from the city. They're having a ball. Um, it's, like, it's like they're playing backyard football with their mates. Like this is literally what it looks like. Uh, they were criticised a little bit last week um, for, for not being humble. Uh, as you said, that swagger, the joy of confidence. I think they're young kids that are having an absolute ball. I, I love it. I, I like what they're doing. They've earned the right to have a little bit of lair and flair and bits and pieces because of how successful they've been. They haven't won a grand final I was about yet, to say that. You but said they've, they've been successful. They've been, well, they've, they've, they're breaking records and yeah. they've backed up last year and this year. So the biggest thing is arrogance will come if they don't win grand finals because... At the moment, they haven't won a grand final, but they've been so successful from about round 10 last year till now. They're, they're the form side of the competition. Up against the Knights this weekend, you mentioned Kalen Ponga before, Robbie. Mm. Despite being physically ill frequently throughout that game, it was a remarkable performance. And I think a real a, a demonstration of his leadership within this side. Watching that, did you think that perhaps this is the year we see Kalen Ponga take that on-field leadership to the next level? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something that they desperately need at the moment, especially with Mitch Pearce out for you know, a long period of time. And as you said, you know, Similar with Tommy Turbo, where you know, Kalen Ponga not only what he produces, but the aura that he gives the players around him. Uh, and, and they're looking at him in times on the field when their team's struggling, and that's what they did on the weekend, and he came up with the goods. And I think you know, he's, still, he's still such a young kid, Kalen Ponga. I think everyone tends to forget that about you know, how young he actually is. So I think each year he's growing and growing in maturity and his leadership role, and I think we're going to see the best of that this year. All right, that's Thursday night. Let's have a look at Friday night now and the 6pm kickoff to start. The Titans taking on the Rabbitohs at Seabus Super Stadium. They're expecting a really big crowd in for this one as well. The home side looking to bounce back after being kept to zip last weekend. Anthony Don makes his comeback from a hip injury. So Jonas Pearson drops out of the 17. Tino Fasua Malaawi will miss two weeks after accepting the early guilty plea for a shoulder charge. So Mo Fodawaka moves into the starting side with Sam McIntyre onto the bench looking to make his Titans debut. Had a great off-season with a club. An injury set him back a little bit, but he's been killing it for Tweed. He'll be looking to make a really big impression this weekend. Philip Sami has recovered from a head knock. Thankfully, he's available for selection this weekend. He's been named in Jersey 21. Ray, let's have a look at Wayne Bennett's Rabbitohs side. Latrell Mitchell is at the judiciary tonight, as we've mentioned, a grade two dangerous contact charge. So even if he's successful, he'll be out this week. So Alex Johnston moves back into the number one Jersey, Dane Gagai to the wing, Stephen Masters comes into the centres and Jackson Paulo comes onto the other wing with Josh Mansour's hamstring strain set to keep him out for a couple of weeks and Kian Kaloa Matangi is back in the second row pushing Jacob Host out of the 17. Looking at this Titans side to begin with, we've mentioned the fact that they smashed the Knights the previous week, a really impressive performance at home, they're back at home now this weekend. Against Manly, in Mudgee, with the travel involved, was that perhaps the kind of reality check that a young side needs every now and then? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it was a huge reality check because, as you said, like they, they, they blew the Knights off the park the week before. Their star signing, Dave Fafita, scores a hat-trick. Things are going great. They, they've come up against Manly, who, if you look at Manly, they've won one game, so perception could be, oh, this will be pretty easy. We'll go to Mudgee and we'll get a victory. 38 points to nil. It was a massive wake-up call, good reality check. Uh, it just shows that this competition is the closest it's ever been, even though we think there's a split at the top. 
Um, the Titans aren't the top two or top three sides in the competition, so they certainly need to turn up week in, week out, have the right attitude, do the hard work, uh, and they got a big lesson last week. They're without Fasul Malaawi this weekend, which ultimately leaves a big hole in the middle. We've mentioned both himself and David Fafita repeatedly. Is this a really great chance for a bloke like Sam McIntyre to show what he can do at NRL level? Yeah, definitely. Sam's obviously at the Tigers last year, really good kid. He's made the move up there and he's been playing great in the lower grades, as you said, and he gets his chance now. And um, it's, it's a big loss. Uh, Tino's been playing some great footy, him and David Fafita. So, you know, not only, not only Sam McIntyre, but the other guys coming off the bench, uh, uh, Waco who comes in on the starting side, they're all going to have to shoulder the load of Tino missing. Up against the Rabbitohs, and I know you were there on Saturday night and saw that epic finish to this game. Thomas Burgess, Noddy, yeah. was incredible at the end. Do you think the Rabbitohs pack gets the credit that it deserves? They will, I think they're starting to get the credit they deserve. The big thing that Robbie and I spoke about at the start of last year was that experience that their forward pack had lost. Um, Burgess, Burgess, Sutton uh, had all retired. They were very light on. So these guys have done a really tough 12 months, I suppose, um, growing into the players they are now. Um, they've obviously attracted a few. Um, Jaden Sewer, uh, Matungi, uh, uh, Jai Arrows come down from the Gold Coast. Savita Totola, he's, you know, he's been so underrated. Yeah, I think he's really grown as a you know, starting front rower in the NRL yeah, so as well. They've they're now got the rights to push it. You know, South Sydney are one of the sides that are a contender to win the Premiership in 2021. And it's on the back of the forward go forward, the dummy half out of dummy half, the halves, the fullback. They've got the, they're the full jigsaw now, so they've earned the right, but they, they, they probably did it tougher last year, we thought, and then and they've, they're on the back of that, they've replied and become a lot better this year. Well, they could be without their fullback for the next couple of weeks. A big night at the judiciary for Latrell Mitchell tonight. If he wins, he's out for one. If he loses, he could be out for four. How big a loss would that be to this Rabbitohs side? It's a big loss. Uh, he's been in terrific form. Uh, he's a big stature. He's confident. He looks fit. Um, and, and on the back of that, that left edge in attack is certainly very, very... Potent. I, I don't know if he needed to do that incident, and I don't know if he needed to do the kicking out incident. I, I think Wayne, I, I can't say what Wayne would be saying to him. You want him to play tough, you want him to have some arrogance, you want him to have that, you know, I'm good, I'm, I can run over your stature, but also you've got to know that there's rules. Just play within the spirit yeah. of the game. We will be live blogging the judiciary tonight, so stay across nrl.com and we'll keep you right up to date with how those arguments are progressing and ultimately what the outcome is for Latrell Mitchell and the Rabbitohs as well. All right, let's head north to our Friday night game now where the Eels will take on the Broncos at Teo Stadium in Darwin. Humidity could well play its part. Let's have a look at the Eels side first because Brad Arthur has made two changes to the side that won in the nation's capital last week. Dylan Brown is back from suspension in place of Will Smith. Smith, and on the bench, highly touted teenager Will Penasina, Penasini, who came from the same King's School and the, the partnership with Joseph Suwali as well. Ryan Madison has been named, but was then a late withdrawal again last week. He's in Jersey 21 as he fights his way back from concussion. For the visitors, Herbie Farnworth is back from a shoulder injury. He's in the centres with Richie Kenner making way. Brody Croft and Tom Dearden keep their spots in the halves. After signing with the Broncos today, veteran hooker Danny Levi comes straight into the side in Jersey 14 and John Asiata drops off the bench. For the Eels, Mitch Moses, game of the season last weekend for him. And Cooper Cronk said afterwards that that, was, that performance was the new standard. When you look at um, 
Mitch Moses Noddy. He's 26, but he's played 156 games. Where are we at, do you think, with his development and his ability to put out performances like that week after week? Well, that's the standard now. That's that's the big thing for a quality halfback now. Uh, Mitch Moses went to Parramatta. Um, Always looked like becoming that rep player and then there were some issues. Brad Arthur had to speak to him. Uh, Andrew Johns is there as a halves coach. Cooper Cronk, as you said last week, gave him the, the biggest rep you can get given. This is the standard now. This is the benchmark you have. You go to Canberra. Canberra are one of the toughest teams in the competition. And, and I heard him after the game get interviewed about the, he went to Canberra knowing he had to own the game. He had to own the ball. He wanted to be in control. So... That's a real, That's the best performance I think I've seen Mitchell Moses play. But as you said, that's now got to be the benchmark. That's got to be the standard you set. That's got to be where he takes himself no longer as a great club player to now start to push himself to become on the fringe of being a rep player or become that rep player that he that we think he could have become 150 games ago. At club level, Robbie, how far can he take this eel side this season? Well, they've been yearning for a premiership, haven't they, for so long? Success. They're such a proud club. Uh, such a big fan base. Uh, you know, they've gotten to the semis the last few years and kind of been bundled out in straight sets. And uh, we've always had that question mark over the, the Eels in the big games. And that was definitely a big game going down to Canberra against, you know, one of the Premiership favourites, even though Canberra's a bit out of form at the moment, it's still a tough place to go and win and, and win comfortably in the end. So, as Noddy said, that's the benchmark for them now against those, you know, quality opposition teams. Isaiah Papali'i is fast becoming a fan favourite. Is he priming as the signing of the year? He's going good, isn't he? Like he's, a, he's, you know, you think about the coach. Like Manu Ma'u was a star there a few years ago. He goes off to England. They haven't been able to replace him. Uh, as you said, Ryan Madison hasn't been able to play um, since round one. And, and this person's come across relatively unknown. Um, gets to play the, you know, does he suit the character of the football club? Yes, he does. Big physical player, going great on the edge. Um, I think he's been, you're right, he's been one of the buyers of the season so far after the first six weeks. His mum, a terrific rugby league player as well. Up against the Broncos, and we saw pre-game Kevy absolutely read them the riot act last week, Robbie, and it worked. He got that bounce that he was after. Obviously, as a coach, you can't do that every mm. week. So how does he make sure in Darwin he gets that same response from them this weekend? They can they can roll out another performance like that. Yeah, look, I'd like to think they'll take a lot of confidence out of the performance last week. I, I thought the Broncos were outstanding against the Penrith side that and Noddy, Noddy said would rock up, rack up 50 <laughs> points against. But I think that was generally the, the consensus out there was, you know, Penrith to go up there and win easily. And, you know, we haven't seen much from the Broncos, Broncos lately. But, you know, I thought they played, they played tough. They played fast. They played with a lot of effort for each other. Uh, it was a really good performance. In the end, probably a bit of a lack of quality towards, you know, in the key moments of the game, probably let them down. Um, do they take confidence out of that performance or are they mentally down after getting so close to a win against a quality side and then coming up short. So I'd like to think they take a bit of confidence going up to Darwin this week, coming up against another side in Parramatta that no one's going to give them a chance against. You know, they're going to be they're going to be tough for Parramatta this week. There was a massive step forward from last week. I, I hadn't seen that coming from the yeah. from the Broncos. It was I, as I said, they'd get beat by fifty. You know, he read them the right act. They responded. Mm. He's making some changes. He's getting what he's wanted. Uh, he wants to bring the culture of, of of the football club back. He'd be a very proud coach of the Brisbane Broncos. The success he had as a player, he would want that club to get back to that. And and I think there's a there's been a change. There was a massive change in their mm. performance last week. So hopefully that we do see it again this week and we see it going forward with, with their attitude and their defence. And then as they start buying better players or these kids yeah. maturing, they'll, they'll learn how to win games. 
big weekend in Darwin. I hope the footy fans enjoy that. And of course, the Darwin Cup then on Saturday as well. Let's head into Saturday, shall we? Where the Sharkies will take on the Bulldogs 5.30pm kickoff at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. For the home side, Josh Dugan makes his return from a head knock with Teague Wilton moving to the second row and Jack Williams dropping back onto the bench. Aidan Tolman will miss a week after being suspended for a crusher tackle. Playmaker Sean Johnson has been named on the bench as he looks to make his comeback from a ruptured Achilles and new signing Will Chambers has been named in Jersey 19. For the visitors, Jack Hetherington has taken an early guilty plea on his Grade 3 careless high tackle charge for that hit on Valentine Holmes. He'll be missing for five weeks. Luke Thompson will shift from lock to the front row this week and prop Dylan Napper is back in the starting side with Renoff Tony shifting back to the bench. Corey Woodell moved to lock with Chris Smith coming off the bench and into the second row. Brad Dietz is back on the bench alongside Ava Siumanafunai who will be looking to make his Bulldogs debut and second rower Matt Drury. For the Sharks, Sean Johnson back on the bench. If things go to plan this weekend, Noddy, how much game time will he play, do you reckon? And what will that look like from a backline perspective? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is the big challenge that Josh Hannay's got. You know, they're going to have all the players back and they can't. you can't pick them all. He's named them all this week. He's knowing that Sean Johnson will ease his way back into it. Uh, obviously, coming back from Achilles injury, Achilles surgery, it's obviously it's a tougher... Big comeback. Um, Sean Johnson, player of the year last year, I thought it was his best season. The sixth to go rule really suits him as a dynamic halfback. Um, so if that's the case, I don't think he comes on and plays the 5'8 role. I think Sean will play the definite number seven role. So it's curious to see. And in, in and around some headlines the last few days is what's happening with Chad Townsend. Is he going to the Cowboys? Is he staying at the Sharks? So uh, there's a few little moving uh, obstacles there at the moment. But really good news for the Sharks. And obviously, don't forget, uh, Will Chambers um, started training this week at the club as well. So premiership winner from the Melbourne Storm. Uh, unfortunately, wouldn't, wasn't able to go and play rugby union in Japan. But I think it's a great pickup for him with some outside backs injured as well. Do you reckon we'll see him thrown into the side at some point this weekend? As Noddy says, they've got so many options, named in Jersey 19, so he's hovering. Yeah, well, I, look, it's, I guess it's a, uh, a nice luxury to have where you don't have to rush him back in after an Achilles injury. Uh, yeah, you could probably drip feed him in maybe 20, 30 minutes. Depending on how the game's going, they might need him for longer. Uh, but you've got the, the luxury there of you can move Chad Townsend out of the side. If, if Blake Braley needs a break, I don't know, Noddy, can, can Chad Townsend move in a dummy half, you think, you know, for, for 15, 20 minutes as well? Um, yeah, not too sure. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. As Noddy said, especially with the headlines at the moment, with Townsend possibly moving to the Cowboys, um, you know, added pressure now of Sean Johnson coming back into the, top, into the side as well. So some headaches there for Josh Hannay. Is that something that you think we could hear more on soon? Is that going to play out? Are we going to keep talking about it across the course of the season, Noddy? Well, we, we saw very quickly last week how when you hear a little rumour and bits and pieces, it, it, it needs to stop very quickly. So it, it's something that's in the headline, it's in, it's in the media, we're aware of it, and it just depends on how quickly it happens and how it moves and what happens. So uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't been around the club for about a week, so I, I, when I heard it yesterday, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's a huge shock. But you can understand why with, with three halves, technically only two, two can play. Well, speaking of that side, the Cowboys, they play on Saturday night, 7.35pm kickoff up against the Raiders. Let's have a look at those sheet, team sheets now from Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Another home game for the Cowboys. We've won two on the trot. The only change to Todd Payton's side is on the extended bench. Jake Clifford stepped into the 18th man last weekend after being named in Jersey 21. Esan Masters has been named in Jersey 18 at this stage. Jason Taumalolo is still missing, hasn't played since round one 
after he was withdrawn from last week's game with a hand injury. For the visitors, Ricky Stewart has followed up the tough talk with plenty of action. Winger Bailey Simonson failed his HIA and that loss to Paris. Sebastian Chris comes in on the wing. Ryan James returns after timeout following a couple of head knocks. Josh Papali'i drops to the bench. Co-captain Josh Hodson will miss several weeks with a calf injury. Tom Starling will start at hooker. Emre Gula has been promoted into the starting side with Ryan Sutton moving to lock. And on the bench, Corey had a widow Nida and Corey Horsborough will feature for the Raiders for the first time this season. There is no room in the 17 for Sia Soliola or Joseph Tarpanay. Cowboys first, gents. Two wins on the trot. They've fallen away late in both games. But last week in particular, Noddy, did you think we're starting to see the best of Valentine Holmes again in that fullback position and perhaps starting to work on some of those combinations? Yeah, I, I think so. It's going to take time. Obviously, when a new coach comes in, they have a certain style they want to play. It takes time. Val Holmes, don't forget, was on the wing for a at the start of this season and then said, hey, I want to play fullback and then obviously that move is, is, is come. So, yeah, Val's a quality player, a very skillful player. Um, I would think they're starting to get the message from Todd Payton. You know, you know Todd Payton a lot better than me. He's the biggest, when he played, he technically was the biggest halfback in the competition. The success he had with the Warriors last year, we all expected the Cowboys to, to go really, really well. It's taken a few weeks for them to get their first win, but you know the sort of more of the football talk or the or the dialogue that, that Todd Payton would have more than I do. So, yeah, very educated coach, very educated player. Todd yeah, Payton. definitely. And I think, yeah, as you said, they're showing signs of of the way that he wants them to play. Probably a bit disappointing the way they've fallen off in both those games. Yeah, you know, last week you would have expected them to go on with a pretty dominant win when the the dogs were down to twelve players on the field. Uh, so I think he was disappointed with that, and I think he showed his disappointment in the press conference as well. He's He's always honest with his feedback, Toddy. That's that's the one thing you know you're going to get from your coach, which I, I think is a really good thing. Um, but yeah, they are showing some really good signs. Again, it's a step up this week against the Raiders side. Yeah, you know, they probably get the Raiders at a, a really good time. Yeah, you know, they're out of form. A lot of changes in their side. Uh, you know, can the Cowboys make it through on the trot? Do you think it is a good time, though? If I was a Raiders player and I'd heard that spray from Ricky Stewart last weekend, I would absolutely be ready to go this weekend, yeah. Noddy. Yeah, you, you, and, and and Ricky has tried to become more of a mellow coach. I, I remember being a long time ago. You know, he wants to what got those players who crumbing have great culture. He, he expects them to play well each week. Um, he certainly wasn't very happy last week. Not you know, the, the Soliola and, and Tarpany on the bench. That's massive. Yeah. Well, not actually not on the bench. Reserves. Reserves of the bench players. So that's a huge decision from 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 the coach. He was really disappointed with the effort. The fact that had such a big night last week in Canberra. Um, they played off the park by Parramatta. Um, you're right, they've been very clunky this year in their, mm. their attack. We've, we've been not critical of them, but we're like, oh, we think like they just defend tough. They win gutsy. They're not playing pretty. That was maybe the performance that Ricky Stewart was looking for. Not, to, not as a turning point, but as, a, as what he's done this week. This is the turning point. And we have seen plenty of Josh Starling in the past with Hodge, sorry, Tom Starling in the past with Hodgson's ACL injury. How do you think it changes their attack? And is there the possibility, Robbie, that it sparks something, as Noddy says? Yeah, well, yeah, last year when Hodgson got injured, uh, was out for this season, Starling came in and played his role. Him and uh, Harvilli shared that role, and uh, it really allowed the Haas to take control of the side. I, you know, I've said at times, I think the halves can sometimes struggle with when Josh Hodgson's there and get, finding the right balance between playing from the nine, playing you know, and getting the ball f- to the seven and the six. So, look, I think if anything, yeah, it's up to Wyden and, and Williams this week to really take control of the side. They know what they're going to get from Starling. They're going to get the ball when they want it. You know, it worked for them last year. So I think they'll play a, a lot more direct style of football this weekend. 
Let's head to Sunday because we have got three big games coming up on Anzac Day. The first from 1.45pm, the West Tigers taking on the Manly Sea Eagles. And for the home side, Michael Cheekham is back for his first start of the season with Asu Kapoa falling out of the 21. Alex Seifarth comes onto the bench with Thomas Michele dropping out of the 17. And Joey Leilua makes his way back into the 21. For the visitors, Marty Tapao back into the starting side as is Hamoli Olakautu off the bench and into the second row, moving Josh Aloye back onto the bench along with Sean Kepi. Zach Sadler has been named in Jersey 18 and Tavita Funa drops back onto the extended reserves. For the West's Tigers, Robbie, can we start with the Jackson Hastings signing from 2022? What message do you think that sends to the playing group right now? What change do we see as a result of that signing this season? Look, I don't think they've signed him as an out-and-out halfback, to be honest, um, and, and that's from the feedback I get within the club. Um, yeah, they see him as a utility. He's a pretty big boy, Jackson Hastings. I think he's about 98 kilos. So, and especially now with the role of the lock forward in, in today's game, I think a lot of teams are moving towards that ball-playing lock, a bit smaller in size. Yeah, we've seen the Tigers have used Moses Senbai there at times yeah. during the year. So, look, it is a sign. I'm, I'm sure... Like Luke, everyone, yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about Luke Brooks. Um, so, look, there's no doubt that he'd probably be looking over his shoulder uh, with one eye on, on Jackson Hastings. But at the same time, I think it affords the club a luxury of bringing in a player that has played a lot of NRL, went over to England, got the man of steel, is com coming back with a point to prove. And you can play him at lock, you can play him at 5'8", you can play him at half, you can put him at hooker at a pinch or even in the centres. So it gives you that luxury. It's a good signing. It's a really good signing for the West Tigers, who, as Madge is doing, he's rebuilding. He's gone out and bought, you know, as you said, a Man of Steel winner. Um, got a great name, ball play. You think about Cam Murray and, and, and Cam McNichols, who the Sharks have bought to play lock next year. That's that's a similar role that mm. he could play. Yeah. Jake Simpson was very, very good last week as well. So, And, and they've bought Dane Laurie in the offseason. They've got Adam Dewey playing in the halves. Luke Brooks has got two more years to go. It's, it's like they're building a roster. It'll take time, but they're building a really quality roster. They're up against Manly this weekend and we joked about Tommy Turbo last week. You can't just throw it to Tommy. He can't work miracles. It turns out he can, Noddy. How can one player change so much? And is it too early to now say that they're back in the hunt for finals footy? Well, no, they're not, they're not out of the race for finals. They had a tough start. You know, the, the three sides they played, round one, round two, round three, were three of the hardest teams in the competition. So uh, they were a little bit poor uh, in how they played. They, they, sh they scraped out a win in round four, or round five, sorry, then they won last week. And magically, as you said, Tom Dravojevic, yeah, he, you can say that Tom was the saviour last week. You know, they, they've got him back. That, you know, uh, Cherry Evans then becomes a better player because even that's what Luke Lewis said last week, which obviously is, is very true. Sets the defensive line. Uh, I was talking to Steve Menzies in Mudgee last week and he said the, the confidence and the talk that, that, that Tom has defensively makes him so much better than he got the attack. They're, they're back there now at the moment. They're back to full strength, what they can put on the park. Mm. So then all of a sudden if you're full strength and Tom's back and you're playing good and, and we always keep talking about how good of a coach Des, Des Hasler is and now with this roster coming back and, and bits and pieces, like, uh, that, mate, this, this will be a really tough game. This will be a great game on Sunday to kick off the, the big Anzac clash. Uh, I, I, I actually don't know. I think Manly just win. It's hard to pick, even, even on that form last week. 
It was a remarkable game. I'm not going to ask you, Robbie, because I reckon <laughs> I, I know your answer one. for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head to the 4.05pm <laughs> kickoff on Anzac Day, the traditional Anzac Day clash at the SCG home side. A nine-day turnaround helps them and a couple of very handy players return to the fold. Brett Morris returns from a calf injury, pushing Matt Ikevalu out of the 17, and Sam Verrills is back from his knee injury. So Ben Marshke moves to the bench. Siwa Tokiaho has been named despite battling that rib injury, as has Victor Radley, who will take his case to the judiciary tonight after being given 10 in the bin for a high tackle against the Storm. Jared Waria Hargraves is battling a shoulder complaint, but he has been named on the bench as well. For the visitors, just one change to Anthony Griffin's side. Blake Laurie is back from a cork and straight into the starting side, and Trent Merrin has been dropped. Corey Norman has been named, but is in some doubt with a shoulder injury. Ben Hunt is getting close to his return from a broken leg. He's back running. He's been named in Jersey 21. For the Roosters, Noddy, they've named a number of players who are in doubt in this side. And we know that that injury list continues to grow. When you look at the 21 that they've managed to name today, are you worried or are you still thinking this is a quality footy team that can push for a spot high up in that eight? Well, if you're a fan of the Roosters and you're seeing some of your stars not playing, you're like, oh, my God, this is a this is a drama. Like, we're not one of the top two or three sides which we've been in the last ten years. I just went through. They've got eight players that have played for their country and three that have played state of origin football. Most rosters would be really, really happy to have this side they've still been able to put on the park. It, it's still a really quality football side. They're no longer the top one, two, three sides because of those injuries, but I'd be pretty happy to have this team. Yeah. Like, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, know there's, yeah. I know there's players out, and they've got some of the best young kids in the country as well playing for yeah. this side. So I we, think that's where the lack of experience comes in the halves. Yeah, obviously, you've got yeah. Sam Walker and, and Drew Hutchinson. Yeah, great, great young kid, Sam Walker. Obviously, it's going to take time to develop. Um, but when you look at their back line, yeah, you wouldn't, each one of them would walk into an yeah. opposition starting side. Uh, and then you've got the, the pack where you've got Radley, Tupanua, Crichton, Takiaho, you know, Isaac Liu. They're all premiership winners. They've all been around yeah. for a long time. So still a pretty good side. You mentioned, though, the fact that there's a lot of young players in this side. There will be a massive crowd there at the SCG on Sunday afternoon. I think there are still tickets available, actually. Get along. The atmosphere is incredible. NRL.com forward slash tickets if you can make it. What impact does that have and how well both sides cope with this occasion? Because this will be the biggest crowd that a lot of those players have played in front of for a very long time. And this will be the biggest occasion that any of these players have played under as well. Anzac Day, it's the biggest game uh, for these two clubs to go head-to-head with a traditional match. Uh, I remember Trent Robinson would always get a, a former military army person to come in and speak to him about what it means um, and bits and pieces. I'm not too sure what the Dragons will do on game day. Traditional class, you've got the march in the morning, you've got the, the, the minute silence, the fly over the plane, the activate, everything that happens mm. this day. As you said, there's, if there's any tickets left, certainly go out and get them because this is the biggest showpiece our game's got in Sydney on Sunday and against two traditional clubs who, who are going... You know, Dragons are going absolutely great. You know, they were wooden spoon favourites after Mudgee and then all of a sudden Anthony mm. Griffin's turned around, they're going really good, they're, they're a bit unlucky like last week, but I, I like the style they're playing. And if you play, as you said... If they're, if they're being told the stories that we've just been told, off, you know, the Roosters have got all these players out, that's what Anthony Griffin should be saying. We'll get them at a good time. Their big names are missing. We can make a big statement here and take one of the big scalps on Anzac Day. And they've signed Josh Maguire, which he played, what, 55 minutes last weekend. Looked good. How much does he stiffen up this Dragons pack? He does. He brings aggression. I think the way they've played this year, they've been very aggressive, uh, the Dragons pack, I think. 
you know, Griffin's obviously gone there to turn them into that real you know, pack mentality. And, and that's what we've seen. I think, you know, Tarek Sims has been outstanding, Josh Kerr, uh, Paul Vaughan, and then you, you throw in Josh Maguire into that mix as well. Uh, you know, I think we speak about why they're going so well. I think it's off the back of that, that pack. And not only how they've aggressive they've been carrying the ball, but also with their line speed in defence. That's always special at the SCG. In Melbourne, it is always a really special evening as well. Rounding out Anzac weekend and Anzac Day, 6.15pm kickoff. The Melbourne Storm take on the New Zealand Warriors and there's a big out for the home side. Ryan Pappenhausen ruled out. So Nico Hines is back in the number one jersey. Nelson Asofa-Solomona again named at lock with Tui Kamakamitha on the bench. We'll see if that happens, see what happens with that on Sunday. And co-captain Dale Finucane will be looking to make his comeback from the bench after he was given an extra week to recover from that calf injury. For the Warriors, David Fusatua is back, making his return from a hamstring injury just when it looked like Nathan Brown was getting very short on outside backs. Peter Hiku dislocated his shoulder last week. Looks like he'll be out for an extended period. And Adam Pompey is out with an ankle injury. So an all-new centres pairing with Marcelo Montoya moving in from the wing and Jack Murchie coming into the starting side to join him in the centres. For Melbourne, we talked about Harry Grant last week, but it felt like he took it to another level on the weekend. The combination with Brandon Smith seems to be working so well. Brandon comes on, does all the, the rough, the tough stuff, yeah. absolutely belts everyone for the first, you know, half hour. And then we see Harry Grant come on and really take advantage and tear the game apart. How long does yeah. Craig Bellamy continue with this? Well, well Robbie's played dummy half. Would you like mm. to have missed the first 20 minutes of the settling in period <laughs> yeah. grinding out and then all of a sudden oh. the ball playing dummy half hey. comes on and goes, hey, hey oh, you guys, how can hey. you go? Why don't I open the batting in cricket when you can come in against a 50-year-old, you know, 50-overall uh, ball? Yeah, so, yeah, so. Now, look, I, I watched that game on the weekend and the game was set up for Harry Grant. It was, it was a bit of a dour sort of 20, 30 minutes. It was low scoring. It was 2-0 at one stage. Yeah. And it was just waiting for someone to come on and take that game by the scruff of the neck. And with his speed and his smarts around the ruck, he came on, he completely changed our game. Yeah, and, and you could see it happening. And, and you know, I've obviously worked a little bit with Harry last year. Um, I know what he's like as a player and as a kid. We saw that in Origin last year, unfortunately, for, for New South Wales. But you know, he's back now from injury and hasn't he added some spark to that, new, uh, to that uh, Melbourne Storm side? Dale Finucane back as yeah. well. We talk about the ins and outs. Handy origin forward to have coming back in. Yeah, the, 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 the strength of Melbourne Storm is the fact that they've got such a great roster. As you said, if one player comes out, the next one comes in. But you also know what you're going to get even when there's not a name player that comes in the yeah. side because they do the job of what's expected fr from the player in front of them because of Craig Bellamy. Uh, big out, a, a pretty big out, Pappenhausen. That's a huge out. He's been so good for him. Uh, Nico mm. Hines will come in and do a job again. Uh, and is a very good player, but um, the Warriors will be fancy themselves here. They've got a really good record over the yeah. Melbourne Storm. I don't think Melbourne is probably one of the teams that they don't worry about. Melbourne traditionally in Melbourne, you, you go down there and you're already half beaten. I think the I think the Warriors go to Melbourne um, and, and pretty much feel comfortable. They've had great success down there. They're going to get a huge crowd. Big Kiwi mm. contingent down there in, 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 in Melbourne as well. So I think it'd be interesting to see what way the fan base even goes for this game. And it could well be RTS's last Anzac Day clash. He hasn't won one yet. Is this the time? Well, I'll tell you what, if they completed 100% like they did last <laughs> week, they give themselves a chance. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. And we spoke earlier in the year about how completion rates for the Warriors were going to be so crucial this year with, with such a big forward pack and the new rules. You don't want to be turning the ball over having to defend for extended periods, periods of time and, and chewing up the gas of your, your big guys in the middle. So last week they were outstanding, 100% completions. That's unheard of. Pretty much a, obviously the, the perfect match with yeah. the ball. 
for them to go to Melbourne, if they can do that again, they give themselves a chance. They all, we questioned them after about two or three weeks about, the, you know, you can have 95% completion, but if you don't ask any questions, it's going yeah. to be bad. They're actually starting to play some football too. Yeah. So they've got 100% completion with moving the ball around, asking some questions, getting some momentum, mm. and again, playing to their strength, which is the size that they've got, which is, again, be very, very important because I think Melbourne Storm would probably have the biggest forward pack. If it's not the Warriors, it's the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Massive game on a number yes. of fronts to round out Anzac weekend. The footy is back on Thursday night. You do not need to miss a moment of the action. You can see it right across Channel 9, Fox Sports, KO, Sky Sports New Zealand and, of course, watch NRL for our international viewers as well. We've talked about how incredible your predictions are, gentlemen. You've got a lot to live up to. Robbie, what are we going to be talking about? What's the headline uh, coming out of Round 7? I think uh, Anzac Day... Dragons, Roosters, Golden Point. Wow, in front go of a I think it's going to go to Golden Point, yeah. Well, Tommy come back last week and blitzed it. So the man that comes back this week, Sean Johnson, I'm going to say he'll be the star for the Sharks in their clash on Saturday afternoon. How much? How, how many minutes do you reckon he's going to play? I see he's... He said he hasn't been at training for a week. I've, I've been, I, I have, you're, I, you're a liar. I have not you're been liar. at training. I'm just thinking. You are a liar. You, Sean Johnson will come back, not, and even if he plays 20 minutes, he'll still be you the know star more, You of know the game. more than you're letting on. Stars. Sean <laughs> Johnson, <laughs> stars. Don't mix my words. Don't twist my words, Robbie You Farrah. You know more than what you are telling us. Sean Johnson, stars. I love it. Thank you both. Guys, <laughs> lovely to see you. It's always an epic weekend. Enjoy all of the footy and enjoy Anzac weekend. You too. Great to have your company as well. Thank you so much for joining us on NRL Teams. Enjoy the footy. We'll see you back here next Tuesday.